We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions As an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are Charity You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Freedom lies in being bold, and this is from poet Robert Frost. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's show is all about the gift of boldness. And I'm Zara Hassanane. Express Yourself was produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. In this first segment, we have veteran reporter Caitlin Sim presenting an installment of her segment, Ode to Literature. Hi, Caitlin. Uh, Hey, all. This is Caitlin Sim with the Ode to Literature. In my segment today, I'll be talking about how boldness is represented in literature and the impact this characterization has on the real world. Boldness is a trait that um, a lot of main characters have, which I guess makes sense because main characters are a lot of times the leaders, or the ones who start or end the main conflict. So these characters are usually brave, daring, and, well, bold. These qualities are almost universal as they can be seen in books all around the world. Um, A great example of this is Homer's Odyssey, a truly epic Greek poem. Odyssey follows a character named Odysseus and his 10-year struggle to return home after the Trojan War. From the island of Circe to the island of Polyphemus, Odysseus faces countless terrors and bravely uses his wits and skills to overcome them. This is one of the oldest examples of Western literature of bravery, as Odysseus eventually gets home and his struggles all pay off in the end. But sometimes the authors themselves can show boldness in the material that they write. The Vindication of the Rights of Women by Mary Wollstonecraft was written in 18th century Britain. One of the earliest examples of feminism, Wollstonecraft took a radical stance as back then feminism was a new and almost unfathomable topic and her ideas laid foundations for future feminist movements. Uh, Wollstonecraft took risks being ridiculed against in going against the current and for that, her and her works can be seen as boldness today. But Let's be real. When you think boldness, you don't think of Wollstonecraft or the Odyssey. You think of your childhood characters, the heroes that we looked up to and we wanted to be like when we were younger. Take Harry Potter, a classic fantasy series. I mean, the most famous of its kind. I think we've all heard of it. Um, The titular character Harry enters a fantastical world of magic and muggles and more. I think when kids... um, read Harry Potter growing up, it really inspired them to take stances and be brave, just like Harry was like when he went against Voldemort. I mean, although like even though our world is vastly different from his world, his impact as a character can still be seen in our world today. Um, one book that I personally really like is Fahrenheit 451. I didn't really hear about this book from anyone, but I stumbled across it in my bookcase one day and I just decided to read it. Uh, The back of the book looked great and all, but in reality, I actually read it because the cover looked cool. I mean, don't lie, we've all done that before. Okay, so (laughs) uh, Fahrenheit 451 uh, follows a fireman in the late American future. You may think fireman as in our traditional firefighter, right? Not in Ray Bradbury's world. This fireman, Guy Montag, burns books 
which are now legal in this future America. So he's now, so in the beginning, he's on the side of the government, but he meets a young liberal teen named Clarice McLennan who places ideas of dissent into Montag, making him question everything he knew about books. After she mysteriously disappears one day, Montauk soon realizes the true value of books and begins actually fighting for them, going against everything and everyone he knew and understood. The bravery and boldness that he has when fighting for what he believes is right is admirable, to say the very least. Um, all in all, books have shown us brave and bold characters who stood up for what is right, or what they believe is right. From the adventurous odyssey to the dystopian Fahrenheit 451, books have truly shown us the quality of boldness. Definitely. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, I definitely agree, Caitlin. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to ask you before anything else, um, when you mentioned the Odyssey, you were talking about, you know, how Odysseus was really brave and stuff. And, um, you know, I think he is one of the great icons of boldness um, in our times. But um, I read this poem once by this po- uh, poet named Dorothy Parker. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about, like, um, Odysseus's wife, Penelope, and how, like, everyone kind of looks her, like, doesn't really give her a lot of credit because all, you know, you think about it and all she was doing was really like sitting at home trying to like fend off the sewer. <laughs> but then she like, she kind of twists it and says like, you know, like Odysseus was off fighting all those like battles and fighting all those monsters and stuff. But Penelope was also fighting her own battle at home, fighting off the suitors um, without any like husband at home to really support her. You know, he was with other women and all that. Um, so it's really in the poem, she basically describes that, you know, like Penelope was really the brave one. Penelope was really the bold one. So what do you think about that idea? Do you think Penelope was bold as well? And if so, like, in what way do you think her boldness differed from like Odysseus's? Oh, yeah, for sure. Penelope was definitely bold in the fact that um, she waited all those 10 years for um, Odysseus to come home after, um, even if if he didn't know, like, that, you know, he was still alive and all. Um, And, they were both bold, I think, but in their own uh, very di- um, different ways, but in the same, but also in the same way. Just like they're like a different nature, sort of. Yeah. You know what's interesting though is that, like historically speaking, um, you know, it's within human nature to be very, uh, you know, very. How do you say like? People relent in the face of instability, and Penelope was, you know given a f- she was enduring a fair share of instability you know the king is gone right. her husband is gone mm-hmm. and so it must have taken a lot of pressure to not marry one of these leaders <laughs> and what's interesting is that if we look at the odyssey Odysseus has you know yeah exactly like a different kind of boldness in that maybe he's more self-confident and yeah you know some of that actually is to you know um is not that great because you know, it's to his disadvantage. He he calls out um, the the Cyclops and says, "You know, I am Odysseus." And then, right. you know, fear me. <laughs> and then it lands him with this additional ten years of traveling and not being able to get home. And so we see the difference between the two types of boldness. Which, yes, thank you, Zara, for bringing that up, and thank you, Caitlin, for. <laughs> providing a distinction between the two and yeah that's definitely really interesting and so Caitlin um moving back on to Fahrenheit 451 real quick I've seen some patterns between a lot of dystopian novels where I think in um 1984 by George Orwell that same sort of thing happens where you have this bold uh young female character who is uh inspiring this change in uh a male who is very entrenched, like entrenched, deeply entrenched within the system. And so why do you think the author wrote um, Fahrenheit 51 with this kind of disparity between the two questions? Two characters, sorry. Um, You know, I've never really, I've never really thought about that. Um, But, you know, they have been written around the same time. So that's pretty... Um, can you clarify the question again? Yeah, basically, why did the author really, like, write Fahrenheit 51? <laughs> oh, okay, so, um, like, I guess it's, like, a history lesson of sorts, so you know how uh, Fahrenheit 451 was written around the beginning of the Cold War, so obviously there was a lot of tensions between, like, America and Russia 
and stuff. Uh-huh. So basically, America just really didn't like communism. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, but then like around that time, there were these these trials called the um, the McCarthy trials, and um, like a lot of public figures were blacklisted for supporting communist views, and um, yeah, so Bradbury got pretty angry at governmental <laughs> censorship so he yeah guys <laughs> no yeah for sure i think it's really cool how you know historical events often influence um you know what's written in books at the time and it actually you know it's not like really anything has changed that much what it was written in fahrenheit 451 um you know years and years ago based off of that you know the mccarthy trials and stuff like that um it's still, you know, the stuff that Bradbury warns us about, I think is really still applicable today. And that kind of brings me to the question, you know, what impact do you think Fahrenheit 451 um, has today on American society? Do you think it's um, still very relevant to Americans today? Or do you think it's kind of a book that, you know, it's a cool look into the past, but it doesn't really matter today? Uh, I think it definitely um, has some impact today. Like, uh, there's actually... It's actually like um, the things that Bradbury predicted in the book actually happened like technologically. It happened. It hap- it's happening now, like flat screen TVs and like plugged in earbuds. Like they weren't like there back then, but like now it's still now it's, I guess, invented. Uh, uh-huh. But it wasn't really meant to to be like a future prediction of American society. Uh-huh. Um, but it was just a warning of what could happen to prevent future censorship from happening. And it also shows us that like we need to stand up for what we see as wrong and follow our morals like Guy did when he wanted to save books from being burned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I feel like a lot of authors take it upon themselves to warn society, you know, provide a work as a sort of forewarning, yeah, definitely maybe not a prediction, but just a kind of, hey, this is this is what might happen if we go down this path. Again, with George Orwell, we've got um, Animal Farm as well as 1984, and then we have A Brave New World by, I think, um, yeah, Huxley. Huxley. Yeah, Huxley. That was, I, I don't exactly sure what that one was a warning of but um (laughs) it it was a very sinister dystopian sort of uh, society um and so caitlin with you know with that in mind and with a lot of different authors out there who are warning people against taking certain paths would you recommend anything similar to fahrenheit 451 as a good read um i think um yes actually um as you previously mentioned, uh, 1984 is pretty similar to um, Fahrenheit 451 as it's like kind of a dystopian type of book as well. It follows a character named uh, Winston Smith, if you're interested in this book, and the, his struggle of hiding his thought crime or like individualistic thoughts against the government. Um, they're pretty similar, like because they both deal with like a government controlled future, but the endings are like polar opposite with Fahrenheit having a hopeful ending, like trying to rebuild society where 1984 has a darker, more hopeless ending. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, oh man, (laughs) very scary. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I like, I remember I was talking to a friend after we finished the book because we were reading it for English and we had like a bunch of projects over it and she was just, she was so shaken. I was talking to her and she was like, oh my gosh, like I read the ending. It's really scary. And I was like, he was just, yeah, he was just like, I love Big Brother. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, Oh, also like uh, shifting back onto Fahrenheit 451 real quick, Um, you know, talked about the ending and how it's hopeful uh was that your favorite part about the book or you know what was your favorite part uh as a whole uh the ending was pretty good but i really think i have to say my favorite part was probably the climax when guy is ordered to burn his own house um it was actually pretty surprising even though guy was i mean he was pretty much asking for it at this point like he showed his wife and her friends the books he stole when it was already clear that Mildred, um, the wife, wasn't going to give in like um, he did when Clarice showed him uh, these like books. Um, Gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then when 
the fire chief drove him to the next location at his own house. I was pretty much on the edge of my seat wanting to know what will happen to Guy when his secret's revealed. He kind of just really pours it out there. Uh, Well, thanks so much, Caitlin, for this great conversation. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have. Uh, Audience, support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity. That brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Zara Hassanein. More information is at our website, www.bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our discussion about the gift of boldness. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Zara Hoffman, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we are discussing the gift of boldness. Hi, Brigitte Gia. Speaking with us today about her boldness and courage as an entrepreneur is star guest Lacey Blanc de Quattro, founder of Cowboy Nani's Boutique in a Boutique sorry, in Napa, California. Lacey and her sister Amber started the business in the spring of 2017 in memory of their mother, who passed away from cancer in 2016. Um, She was known as Cowboy Nani to her grandkids, great-grandkids, and as well as friends and relatives, and she had a love for the Wild West and living a simple lifestyle on her ranch. Stemming from the influence of its namesake, Cowboy Nani's offers trendy, Wild West-inspired clothing for women and kids. The boutique is uh, proud to offer high-quality, sustainable-made products, uh, the majority of which are produced or finished in the United States. With that, let's welcome Lacey to the show. Hi, Lacey. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you here. Uh, And so just to start off, Lacey, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about Cowboy Nani's? Sure. Cowboy Nonis is actually a mobile boutique. So we are a mobile fashion trailer that you can have at any of your events. We do home parties. We do events at different wineries locally. Um, We are equipped with a fitting room in our store. We're basically a regular fashion store, but contained to a mobile trailer so we can go to you. Basically, we stop and they shop. Awesome. That sounds really cool. And so can you tell us more about the inspiration for starting the boutique, which is, you know, your mom and her love for the Wild West, animals and really everything cowboy? Yeah, so my mom passed away last year of cancer. I mean, my sister wanted to do something to honor her. And you can never find my mom without a cowboy hat on her head, her wranglers, her boots. So we thought it'd be fun to open a boutique that was all Western-inspired clothes. So we had actually designed and make a lot of our clothing. They have different sayings that my mom would say, um, different sayings about country stuff. We have barn hair, don't care. We have homegrown stuff. So we actually design and make all of our own products, um, as well as getting some products in. Wow, that's very, very bold and very, you know, entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, it took a lot for us to get started. We were very scared. We were skeptical. How is this going to work? Is it going to, is anyone going to come shop with us? And we just took a chance and we decided, you know, we're going to be brave. We're going to take a chance and we're going to make this dream come true. Yeah, yeah. What a what a great example of, you know, true courage and boldness. And so, Lacey, why a mobile store versus, you know, a traditional brick and mortar type? 
That's a great question. Um, we chose the mobile store versus the brick and mortar. One, because it allows us to be moms. So me and my sister are both moms. We mm. both have children. And this allows us to work when we want to work, but also, most importantly, be a mom to our kids, be there for the field trips, be there for the school functions, but be bold business owners at the same time. Um, so that's why we chose the mobile the mobile boutique versus the actual brick and mortar. And then mm-hmm. we don't have to pay the expense of a brick and mortar. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, so, and also, you know, it is really a big, a bold move to start a store, even if you have a bunch of experience, um, you know, in the past and stuff. But did you guys have any experience before in like retail or anything before you started the store? Or was it really just a whole new project that, um, you know, you just said, go for it and you guys you know just- it. It was yeah. completely new for us. We actually, I've worked in healthcare for the last 12 years. My sister's worked in law enforcement. So we had absolutely no fashion background whatsoever. And mm-hmm. we, we love it. We've been making clothes for our children, but we've never done anything like this in the past. No retail experience. So we wow. just took a chance and made it work. Yeah, yeah, you know, go out there and hey, you know, um, <laughs> I visited the, the site before the show and it looks brilliant. You know, there's great stuff on there. You guys are doing absolutely wonderful. And, you know, there's a lot of cute designs that <laughs> I've seen. And I, I think they're, it's absolutely great what you're doing. And yeah. so um, jumping really quick back to, you know, the fact that you are an active mother and so is your sister. Uh, both of you uh, are, are married and have young children, you know, uh, have your husbands been supportive you know has your family uh backed you up on your on your dream and your entrepreneurship oh yes 100 percent um they have to be crazy to stick with us we had our husbands build this fashion trailer from scratch in three weeks we gave them we bought the trailer they have three weeks to finish it and both of our husbands (laughs) are up i mean every night till one in the morning building the entire inside of it and never once complained Um, our our children come with us to a lot of our events um, they, my kid actually designed a couple of the shirts that we have on our site. He comes up with wow. and he also designed. So it's a total family affair and everyone's been so helpful and otherwise you would not be able to do it. Wow. That's actually really cool that, you know, you get your whole family involved and it's not just, it's, I think it's awesome that, you know, you have a big support, uh, you have a big support base like behind you. Um, so uh, what do you think have been like the biggest challenges with being a mobile fashion truck owner um, besides, you know, maybe like, balancing your family life and stuff like I feel like you guys have that covered uh, as you talked about before but what are some other challenges that come with being a mobile fashion truck owner I think the biggest challenge that we've found so far is a lot of people don't understand the concept where we live in California there's not a lot of fashion trucks they're really big on the east coast but out here they're not so when we explain that we have a store people always ask us our location and we tell them hey we're a mobile fashion truck they're like what is that so we have to constantly kind of explain that and a lot of retailers actually won't sell their products to us because we don't have a brick and mortar store. So we've kind of had to get creative and kind of create our own products. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and so do your, uh, what about your kids? Do they like being part of the whole process and do they like, you know, helping making designs and stuff like that? Or are they kind of, uh, yeah. Like how, how do they feel about it? They absolutely love it. My five-year-old he actually <laughs> asked if we could sell toys. So oh. um, when I was in LA last week at the fashion mart, I brought some toys for him to sell. So he's going to start selling toys out of the fashion truck as well. I have a little section of some kid toys so he can be a part of it as well. <laughs> oh, that's save. absolutely adorable. <laughs> yeah. Save for that college money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I, um, I, you know, I saw, I saw pictures. Uh, they look great. You know, all the clothes look great and it's great that you're involving everybody in it. Um, and so, um, you know, we've we've kind of gone over family a lot, um, but you and your sister actually started this business as kind of co-founders. You know, how is being in business with your sister? You know, how is that dynamic? You know, it's been a, a wild ride, but I wouldn't want to be done with anybody else but her. Um, mm-hmm. We laugh constantly. We do live videos a lot on our Facebook page, and that's where we get a lot of our sales from. And everyone that watches our lives tell us, you guys need your own TV show. It's comical. Um, fun it's never boring with her um you know we're sisters of course we're gonna fight sometimes but the fun times totally outweigh it and I could not imagine being in business with anybody else but her she's Mm -hmm. the only person I can bark orders at and five minutes later I'm laughing with her (laughs) oh yeah for sure um and so you know being a mobile truck owner um that probably means that you know since it's such a novel thing in California there are probably a lot of people that are really interested in it um so you know what kind of events do you guys go to and um what events will you be at in the future 
Yeah, so we do a lot of events. So we just got done doing an event at one of the hair salons locally. And this Friday night, we're going to be at Fridays on the Farm, which is a really cool outdoor event here in Northern California. We're going to be at Country in the Park, which is a huge concert with 19,000 people at Cal Expo um, in a few weeks. It's a big country concert. We do all those. We also do home shows. People can have their girlfriends over to their house, and we pull up the truck, and they shop. You don't have to have them in your house. It's great. Um, we have a lot of events coming up um, towards Christmas for Christmas fairs and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. You know, that really, uh, especially, you know, uh, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm realizing that mobile truck really allows you to just cater to all sorts of people and go out there and make your store really accessible. And yeah. so um, coming real quick back to the fact that you worked in healthcare and your sister worked in law enforcement, you know, um, have you guys, are you guys still going on with your careers and if so how do you juggle everything you know being moms and then having full-time jobs and also having the mobile fashion truck yeah so it's been a challenge we actually are both still working full-time so we work eight wow. to five monday through friday and then we do the business so we're having to take some days off here and there from our regular jobs to do our new business but we're juggling it. I mean, we're up till two in the morning shipping orders, but we're just happy that we have orders to ship. That means that our, us being brave and taking that chance, it's paying off. So if I have to lose sleep over it, it's okay because eventually Cowboy Noise is going to be our full-time job and that's what we're going to yeah. do and I love it. And it doesn't feel like a job to us. It's more like a hobby because it's so fun. Mm, yeah. So like, you know, um, you're talking about how it's more of a hobby and not a job. Is this, do you think that fashion and this like opening your boutique and stuff, do you think that's really your real passion? And if so, like, when did you, um, you know, start getting involved in fashion? When did you start getting like interested in fashion? And like, how did you really develop that passion? I think this is definitely my calling. I mean, I love healthcare and I love helping people, but I have always had a creative design aspect in me. I've always made cakes, made my kids clothing. And I've been making my kids clothing since he's born. He's five years old now. Wow. Um, and nice. I just love it. I love that design. I love to create things. I always have elaborate birthday parties and I'm just kind of that mom that always has the creative side to her. That's always bringing treats to the classroom. And this <laughs> yeah. just, just kind of allows me to use my creative side, but it also allows me to connect with people. I love the interaction with people um, like I have in healthcare, but it allows me to be, people are always happy when you're out shopping no one's grumpy when they're shopping. They love it. And I love making yeah. their, shopping, their shopping an experience and not just, oh, I'm coming to the store to get a shirt. I want it to be a fun, cool environment where they come in and they just love it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, man. <laughs> I wish I had a mom like you. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. must be having a blast. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. And we really try to make it so well, we cater to all sizes. So we carry size small to 3X. We want mm -hmm. everyone to feel beautiful no matter what their size is. And yeah. I want people to come in and not be like, oh, you don't have that in my size. I wanted that. That's really disappointing. And it's really discouraging for women. I want them to come in and feel confident when they leave our store. Yeah, definitely. I Absolutely. think that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely like really important in these times too, where, you know, like, you know, like people all talk about, wow, like size zero is that even a size. Like that's literally like size nothing. But I think it's really cool that you guys have, you know, like stuff for all body types and stuff like that. Um, and speaking of, you know, like, not catering to like a large community, not just a certain group of people. Um, does your brand cater to um, like a certain community of people like farmers or like, is it really just for everyone? You know, we, I think there's something for everybody in our brand. We do have a lot of things that are for people that live on ranches. We have sayings. If you have horses, we have sayings. If you're farmers, but our, really our tagline is like, we stop, you shop. We have a style for everybody. So basically, if anyone that comes in, they can find something for something in our store, whether it be a cute necklace they like, whether it be a hat. We just have a wide variety, but everything that we have in our store pairs perfectly with cowboy boots or a cowboy hat like Cowboy Noni always wore. Oh, that's so it's so, you know, great that the namesake of the store and her her belief in simplicity and the ranch life is coming out um, in the clothing choices. And so, um, you know, there's this whole thing about like high fashion where it's like oh this specific style you know only connects with a certain amount of people and so do you think that western fashion um specifically connects with a larger community of people and how do you choose your pieces or you know what to focus on when you're selling clothes in your store you know i think that well the clothing that we sell in our stores i call it like western country chic I don't think it's just for one certain type of people. I yeah. don't like to just say, hey, only ranchers can wear this. I think anybody can wear our stuff. And when I'm picking out the clothes, I keep that in the back of my head. Or when I'm designing the clothes, I'm like, 
you know what, would so-and-so wear this? And I have certain people in my mind. I have a large group of diverse friends from all different backgrounds. And I think about them. I'm like, would so-and-so wear this from this background? Would this rancher wear this? And I kind of put it together. And so far, everyone that's came in our store is like, wow, I love it. And nobody has came into our store and not bought anything yet, which I think is really cool. But most importantly is our return customers. We have a lot of customers that are coming back. And I think that's so exciting when I see a customer that had ordered something previously and they come back. It just speaks to it. It speaks to, wow, they actually like our clothes. They actually really want to buy more of our clothes. The quality of our clothes are good. And I think more importantly than the style, it's the quality. If people can shop and they know it's a good, comfortable shirt or good, comfortable pair of pants, they're going to come back and buy it. It doesn't matter if it's Western, if it's, you know, boho chic, whatever. If they like the quality and it's comfortable, they're going to keep buying it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Lacey, for this amazing conversation. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. We will be continuing our conversation with Lacey, so stay tuned. I'm Zara Hassanane. I'm Brigitte Gia. Check out Cowboy Nannies at cowboynannies.com. That's spelled N-O-N-I-E-S. And visit the store's page on Facebook at facebook.com slash cowboynannies. The store hand selects each item carried and features new items weekly on the website provided above. Also, please visit our charity site for the radio at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here as we continue our fascinating discussion on the gift of boldness. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Keep for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this segment of Express Yourself, we are continuing our fascinating conversation on the gift of boldness. And I'm Zara Hassanane. Back with us for this seg- next segment is the wonderful Lacey Blank de Quattro, co-owner and founder of Cowboy Noni's Clothing and Apparel Boutique. Inspired by her mother's love for the Wild West and the beautiful simplicity of the ranch lifestyle, Lacey and her sister Amber took a bold step to commemorate Cowboy Noni and open a boutique in her honor. The store offers trendy Wild West-inspired clothing for women and kids, sporting cute, high-quality jeans and shirts with cowboy slogans for every occasion. Cowboy Noni's is proud to offer high-quality, sustainable-made products, and the majority of which are which uh, the majority of which are produced or finished in the USA. And so, with that, let's welcome back Lacey to the show. Hi, Lacey. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, so you know, um, we were talking before about how it's really a novel thing to have a mobile truck, um, a mobile fashion truck, um. And we're talking about the problems that may come with that, too. You know, a lot of people in California, they're not really used to it and stuff. Um, have you found that, you know, your um, having like an online presence is also a struggle for you? Because I know, you know, these days, a lot of people, when they want to find out about a store, um, they won't necessarily like look at a hard copy of a catalog. They'll just search their Facebook page or the website. And I thought it must be like difficult to keep uh, all that social media up. So do you think, I don't know, do you guys like have social media sites and stuff? And if so, are they like difficult to... Um, upkeep yeah so we do have social media we do have facebook we have twitter we have instagram 
and they are actually our biggest way of getting sales. We have a website as well, but we get a majority of our sales from our Facebook. We do live um, live sales and live feeds on our Facebook, and people obviously love it. It's so fun. It's so interactive. They get to actually see the face behind the brand, and people are more apt to buy from somebody if they can see, like, to see them personally instead of going to a website and just seeing a picture of it. We yeah. try the clothes on. We show them the clothes. And we answer their question right there. And we sell, I would say, probably 80% of our sales come from our Facebook Lives Wow, awesome. versus our website. But we have a huge group on our Facebook. Um, we have our actual Facebook page. And then we have what's called the Cowboy Noni's Roundup. It's our VIP group. So we post all of our new clothes as soon as we get them on there. And a lot of times they sell out before they even hit our website. Oh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely awesome. You know, I really, I really think what you said about seeing the face behind the brand is very important because nowadays you just, you see this giant logo on a lot of clothes and you're like, where did that come from? What's going on with that? And so yeah. I think it's great that, you know, you have this interactive base with your, with your customers. Um, and so really quick, I've checked out the website and I've seen a lot of, you know, tops and bottoms and hats and different clothing items. Um, I, I just wanted to know, are you guys offering cowboy hats or cowboy boots yet? And if so, if not, you know, when will they, will they ever come along on the website? Yes. So we do have some cowboy hats in our store. We are working on getting boots right now. Being a mobile store, we're kind of limited on how much inventory we can have because we don't have a lot of storage in the trailer for it. And we found that shoes are kind of hard because, you know, there's so many different sizes of shoes. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of our struggle right now. But we are working on that, and we are hoping to get shoes coming by the next year. Um, as soon as we can figure out a way to carry them on our trailer, we will have shoes. Everyone's asking us for them right now, though. So Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, and so, you know, also just speaking of, cowboys and you know farm life in general what do you think is something that um why do you think you know the idea of having a sort of like uh cowboy wild west themed store appeals to people like what do you think it is about the like ranch lifestyle and stuff that appeals to people i think it's a simple life life is so complicated nowadays um that the thing that you think of farm you think of ranch it's a simple life it's going back to the roots of what really matters. And I think that's really important to people. And I think people like that. They like coming out to the ranch. People love to come out yeah. to the country for a country drive on a Sunday. So putting those clothes on, it kind of gives people a little bit of peace. It gives them a little bit of quietness and peace in this crazy world that we live in. So I think the country brand really appeals more to people than most people know. Most people think it's a really yeah. limited crowd, but really there's a huge need for country clothing out there. Everybody loves the country. Everybody loves to come out and visit it and they want to represent it in their clothing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, you know, as you mentioned, with all the with all the tech and the, the scary stuff that's going on in the world today, sometimes we do need to go back and, you know, find our roots and find a kind of visible way of, you know, delving into the simplicity of life and, uh, you know, earth, roots, that sort of thing. And so, you know, you mentioned, uh, Lacey, a lot about um, you know, finding different clothes to offer in your store and on your website. Uh, do you have to travel a lot to find the right clothing and, you know, stuff that you're going to be selling? So we do travel quite a bit. We don't carry anything in our store that we don't actually personally go down, touch and feel and make sure it's a good quality. Um, I think it's really important to have good quality in our store. So we don't just blindly order stuff online that we find. We I was down in L.A. last week. I was in Texas a few weeks ago. So we personally go there. We touch the material. We try it on. We make sure we like it before we sell it in our stores. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's really, you know, I feel like everything you're describing about describing about running your boutique is very detailed. And it's like very clear that you guys think out every detail um, that you don't do anything like carelessly at all. And I think that's something to really be proud of. Um, so do you think that your mom, Cowboy Noni, would be proud of Cowboy Noni's as well? I would like to say I hope she is. I really think yeah. she's up there having an influence. Um, we weren't planning on opening this boutique until the fall of this year. And we announced it on her one-year anniversary of her passing that, hey, this guy's is what we're doing. And the response that we got was just overwhelming. People were begging for us to post pictures of our clothes. They could not wait. So we really uh -huh. just kicked it in high gear and basically opened this boutique in a month. And since then, it's been uh -huh. nonstop busy. And I think it's all her up there making this happen for us. <laughs> yes, definitely. Honestly, like I, I definitely think that you know, the store's namesake would be proud of everything that you guys have done and... The, you know, you guys have to juggle, again, being moms and holding full-time jobs and then operating this entire thing from scratch. 
Uh, and so, you know, going back to the beginning, uh, did you did you have to have any specific sales permits or like insurance in order to operate? And was it was it kind of hard to start up a mobile store? And how did you guys figure out how and you know where to start a mobile store? Yeah, so it it was really challenging in the beginning, and there's still a lot of challenges that we face. We basically had to start from scratch, and there's nothing around here, so there was no store we could ask for help. I did reach out and find a lot of support groups on Facebook that were really help, helpful back on the East Coast. There's a lot of the um, fashion trucks. So I made a lot of new friends online. I just asked questions, and I Googled, and I searched things, and we had to get seller's permits, and we had to get liability insurance and trailer insurance. And it was hard because nobody in California really understood, like, why do you need insurance? We can't cover you. People can't shop. It's a store, but it's a trailer. So it was really hard to kind of get people to understand what our concept was. Um, yeah. But we just kept going, and we just kept doing research, and... You know, this is all new to us, and we just learned, and we're still learning as we go, but I think we're finally starting to get a handle on it, and can only help to grow it bigger and bigger and make Cowboy Noni's a household name. <laughs> yeah, and now that, now that you guys do sort of have a handle on it and a better, like, understanding of how to run stuff, and I don't know, I, I feel like you guys are experts now. Um, if someone, you know, asked you about, oh, how do you open an online store, how do you open a um, fashion trailer, do you have any recommendations from your own experience um, about, you know, how to help them do that and how to avoid the pitfalls that maybe you experienced? Yeah, I think the first thing you tell somebody to do it is just be brave and do it. Um, there, we, we were so afraid for so long to, do we take this chance? Just take a chance. You only live once and we have one life to live. So do it and reach out, reach out and ask people join the Facebook, Facebook support groups. They're really helpful. Um, I think the biggest thing is make sure you have everything in order before you roll out, make sure your books are in order, make sure you have your insurance. Cause those are the things you don't want to have to deal with. Once you start, you want to be able to focus on your inventory. You want to be able to focus on your customers. Um, so have all your ducks in a row before you actually open. Um, and it'll be a smooth sailing and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take a chance because like I said, you only have one life and you don't know when that's going to be up. So you want to make sure you live it to the fullest. And I wish we would have done this five years ago. So we, my mom could have been alive to see it. You know, it's just boldness. Got to get out there. And, you know, again, I'm sure, honestly, I'm sure she's looking down and very proud of you guys for being able to get out there and having the boldness and the courage to start Cowboy Nani's from scratch and, have it be as successful as it is and growing. And so, uh, Lacey, I also just wanted to ask you, um, you know, for our audience uh, of any maybe pitfalls that you had and some like the ways that you were able to get started again and get back on your feet. Um, so we're, you know, we're newer. We've only been open for two months, but we have faced a few pitfalls. Um, recently it was with our insurance company. Our insurance company dropped <laughs> us because they were, they weren't aware that people were coming in the trailer after we explained to them, they didn't understand the concept. So, just really make sure when you're out there and you're getting your insurance and you're getting your permits that you really explain to them exactly what you have because it really left us in a pickle. We had, you know, one day to find a new insurance company to take us on. Um, so just do your research, do your homework, and make sure you find the right person to work with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, just like you've talked, you know, obviously you've had a lot of successes with your truck, but obviously, you know, there have been a lot of challenges as well. Um, and so it does, I think, you know, just thinking about, I feel like, you know, before you start a business or before you start anything, people tend to think about the failure and how scary that is. Um, so how did you, you know, really summon the courage and the boldness to start a business in the first place? Like, was it just kind of on a whim or did you really have to, was it over the years that you mustered all that courage? Um, you know, how did you do that? Yeah. So, you know, it's something I've been thinking about for probably about four or five years. I've wanted to open my own business. I wanted to do this. I had the idea. I just didn't know how to get it in place. And I kept going back and forth. Do I do it? Do I not do it? And then after my mom passed away, it really put it in perspective for me and my sister that, you know, life is really short and we want to be able to live our life with our children and have a good life. And we don't want to be punching the clock every day, nine to five. We want to be able to be our own business owner and we want to be have something that we can pass on to our children and just be brave and do it. So we looked at each other one night and we were sitting there and I said, what are we waiting for? Like, we're only getting older. Let's just do it. And that was that. We went online that night. We filed for our seller permit and there's no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. Just get out there. I guess that's, you know, really the way to live life is to just jump out and do, do what you want to do and follow your dream. And so yeah. Just um, really quick, we're in, I, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, in Moraga, California specifically, there's a pear and wine festival coming up on September 23rd. Uh, do you think you'll be stopping by? 
Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'll have to look into that. We would love to. We'd love to do lots of festivals, lots of events. So we're definitely going to check it out. Are you guys going to be there as well? Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, again, I took a look at the website uh, audience. I think you should too. There's some great stuff on there. Great deals, great styles. And I was hoping that you guys would swing by. And so if any of you listeners are also, you know, to the Pear Festival, um, Be The Star You Are has a stand there as well. And hopefully Lacey will be there with uh, Cowboy Nannies and the boutique will be there and you guys will be able to do some great shopping for the coming school year. And, you know, just because you want to shop and delve into the roots of West. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I think it's really, um, you know, the fact that Cowboy Noni's is a brand that appeals to everyone is also a reason why, you know, everyone should really go check it out because it's not really just for a certain group of people like farmers or ranchers or anything like that. I think it's, you know, like we've been talking about, something that appeals to everyone. Definitely. Yeah, we... Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, no, definitely. We have something for everybody. So listeners, please come. Uh, very excited. Hopefully Lacey will be there as well. And so Lacey, you know, um, we're about to close this segment, but is there anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners? No, thanks for having me. I want you guys to make sure that you live your dreams. If you feel like you have something you want to do, don't take a chance and wait. Just take the chance. Jump on it. Do it. Be brave. Be bold. It's worth it in the end. I promise. Great message to end it on. Thank you so much, Lacey, for this wonderful conversation. It was so great to talk to you about your own boldness and courage. And yeah, exactly. Listeners do as she said. You can go out there, grab grab your dreams by the feet and hold on to them. And so during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at bethestarur.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Mess Media Charity. There's more information under events at our website at bethestarur.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Zara Hassani. Head to www.cowboynonies.com to find quality clothing products and cute styles and great deals on clothing, especially for the upcoming school year. Please visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll be continuing our inspiring conversation on the gift of boldness. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. We're sitting with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Brigitte Gia, and today's hour is all about the gift of boldness. And I'm Zara Hassanin. In this segment, Brigitte will be discussing the link between art and boldness in another installment of her segment, Art Attack. Hi, Brigitte. Hey guys, it's Brigitte. Uh, before I start, I'd just like to give out a quick plug um, to our guest from last the last two segments, uh, Lacey. And uh, she, again, she runs a mobile fashion truck called Cowboy Nannies, and they do Facebook Live sales um, at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time every single Sunday or on most Sundays. And you can go check them out at facebook.com slash cowboy nannies. And uh, there's a lot of great deals and clothing that often sells out before it ever gets to the online website. So all of you listeners out there, make sure to check it out. Uh, With that, I'll be talking about the boldness it takes to put your art out into the world, pursue art as a career, and begin artistic revolutions. Here we go. So showing art to anybody as an artist, first of all, requires courage. You know, um, if you're a starting artist, whether you're a starting artist or you've done art for a long time and it's your passion or your career path, 
showing art to somebody often opens you up to criticism to an audience, you know, uh, an audience's interpretations and opinions about your art. And so the first thing that takes a lot of boldness um, in art is probably, first of all, starting out as an artist, and then second of all, showing your work to audience. Um, Art is a form of expressing yourself. um, And if you're showing your art to someone, you're showing kind of an extension of yourself, of your own ideas, of your, you know, something that you've created that kind of represents how you feel about a certain subject maybe or about the painting itself or the art itself. And so it's especially daunting to show people your art as an artist. So Mm -hmm. I think uh, boldness first comes when an artist shows work, uh, maybe in a gallery, maybe to friends and family. It's really hard to put yourself in a position of vulnerability. And I think um, the vulnerability that the artist is exposing himself or herself to um, is very similar to any person, whether you are an artist or not, going out into the world and showing themselves to other people and talking to other people. It's really hard to put yourself out there as an artist. And that kind of ties in with um, putting yourself out into the world as an individual for other people to judge. And so um, I just thought that artists who especially exhibit their art maybe online are very, very bold. Because I've seen a lot of YouTubers who exhibit their art online and share their art with Uh, the internet kind of audience that's out there, um, they're either rejected because of their lack of skill or they're forced to prove that their art is quote-unquote real because Mm. apparently they might have too much skill. (laughs) And so, you know, it's um, artists always want to share their work uh, to an audience and it always takes a lot of courage to do that. And artists who share their work on the internet especially need a lot of courage and boldness because um, as we connect with more people with the internet, we are also exposing ourselves more, ourselves more. There's a bigger audience. And so a lot of artists who put their work online, especially uh, because they're feeding to a bigger audience, they're putting themselves in a more vulnerable uh, position. So it's, it's very, very bold of any artist to show their work to the world. And it's also really, really bold, uh, especially uh, for those artists who share work online to put it out there. And so it's super, super hard to handle criticism from an, uh, uh, an audience sometimes and using it to improve oneself. And it's hard to not fear the criticism of others. And so personally, I think um, as maybe kind of an artist myself and a friend of some people who are aspiring to become artists, I think it's really bold for artists to put themselves out there and um, handle criticism. I think handling criticism, uh, if you're an artist, can be achieved by an acknowledgement of one's own imperfections and the knowledge that with effort, with time and with practice, you can always improve your skill set. Um, and so it's important to keep in mind when we're talking about art that anyone can create art and no one has a great enough level of innate talent to really produce masterpieces from the start. Um, so like, it takes a lot of time and effort to become a good artist. And really, you don't need that much innate skill. Uh, you can just go out there and practice. And once you've practiced, you know, your skill sets will improve. And really good to put your artwork out there and to find because it helps you find ways you can improve uh, your art and kind of be proud of your skills and aim to better them but it also takes a lot of boldness and I think Mm -hmm. the real boldness here for artists as well is kind of getting past the frustration of not being good enough quote quote and um, and going from there and seeking improvement And so now I'm just going to go on to really address um, pursuing art as a career, because I think um, now there's a lot of stigma attached to becoming an artist and pursuing it as a lifestyle, as a source of income. And I think it's really bold for anyone who goes out there and becomes an artist or determines to become an artist uh, to face a lot of this stigma, um, a lot of 
know, people, family members, uh, close friends telling you that you're not going to make any money. Um, and a friend of mine is pursuing art as a career and she's struggling, you know, both with this stereotype of artists not earning a lot of money and the struggle of actually vying for acceptance into art school. Because I talked to her recently and she told me that the art school that she's trying to get into, um, really, really difficult to get into. And the Mm -hmm. average age of acceptance for the specific course that she's pursuing is 25 years, 25 years old. And most kids, you know, go straight from their 18th birthday and senior year to college, to a four-year program or a two-year program. And that provides a lot of like perceived stability. But if you're going into art school, you know, as my friend said, you might be waiting for an acceptance at 25 because the art school wants you to build up a certain skill set and it takes years to master that skill set. And while you're waiting for the acceptance um, into an art school that's supposed to jumpstart your career, you're in this kind of limbo. You don't have as much stability. I talked to her and she was like, yeah, uh, you guys are all talking about graduating because I personally am pursuing a regular four-year course. And Uh she was like, you guys are talking about graduating, you know, and like getting into college and buying dorm furniture while I might be waiting for years and drawing just constantly on my tablet, in my sketchbooks before I'm accepted to a course um, that would prepare me for a career, like not even set her up for a career, but like start her on the journey towards building a career. So I think it's just very, very bold of anyone who really wants to grab their dreams of becoming an artist um, by, by the feet and dragging and holding on to that dream and really pursuing it. And I've gained a lot of insight from talking to my friend who wants to become an artist. And she, she's always practicing. She's always putting hours into her artwork and going over form and going over perspective and all these different techniques. And, you know, she has this lack of confidence, um, yeah. not in her talent, but like, you know, more in... Um, the effort that she's put into it. She's always like, did I, I don't know if I put enough of my time into it. And even though she's constantly drawing, she keeps saying this, you know, I don't have confidence in the amount of hours, the sheer amount of practice I've put into my work. And therefore, I don't know if it's good enough. And I, you know, just as a sort of bystander, like friend on the side, I really think, yeah, it's just super courageous of her to continue to vie to become an artist and get into this course, even in the face of, first of all, people telling her, you're not going to earn any money, you're not going to have stability in life, because the starving artist is a kind of trope in today's society, uh, a kind of stereotype. And then she's also working to get into the school that could wait until she's 25 to accept her um yeah and that wouldn't even set up her up for like a stable career and then she's got this whole um you know thing about being kind of self-conscious about the amount of hours that she's put in even though she's putting in so much work and I just there's so much boldness that goes into that and like so much courage and I really admire anyone who's really pursuing art as a concrete dream because it takes so much to get out there. And, you know, um, before we go, I just like to jump right into, you know, revolutions really quick, just art as a whole, because I think starting revolutions in kind of art history is a bigger scale picture of the courage that it takes and the boldness that it takes to um, work with art and to become part of art history. Uh, we have different revolutions, the Renaissance, Impressionism, you know, abstract art and Dadaism. And in all of these movements, we see kind of a breaking away from the majority and the mainstream and focusing yeah. on, yeah, like something that might not be considered art. And I think who venture out there and try to express themselves in new and different ways, people who risk Uh, getting criticized for, quote, unquote, not doing art even, uh, you know, it takes a lot of boldness. They have a lot of boldness. They go out there, they express themselves in whatever way they see fit. And whatever people say, you know, it doesn't matter to them as much as expressing themselves, as getting their thoughts to the world. And 
they get their thoughts to an audience. The audience might criticize them, might tell them this isn't art. This isn't something that belongs in a museum. And they overcome that, which I think is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I have to put it, (laughs) I have to be both grateful uh, to these artists for providing new and innovative uh, ways to create art, create art. And I also have to admire them because yeah, have so much boldness. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brigitte, for that amazing conversation. As always, you know, you have such great insights um, and such great things to say in general. Sadly, it is time to say farewell. Um, we give our thanks to Star, Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Zara Hassanin. I'm Brigitte Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our main site at www.bethestarur.com. Until next week, remember, be kind, be bold, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself